This is your Frederick Real Estate Update, a conversation about the regional real estate market with tips for buyers and sellers. Your hosts, REMAX Results' Darren Ahern and Presidential Bank Mortgage's Terry Kernan. Hey folks, welcome back to your Frederick Real Estate Update. I am Darren Ahern with REMAX Results, bringing you over 19 years of experience in Maryland and Pennsylvania. And I also have with me the one and only... Terry Kernan. How are you doing, my friend? Cold. Very cold. It's so cold (laughs) that my contacts froze to my eyeballs this morning. It is very chilly. We're struggling a little bit with our uh, sump pump. Uh, The exit tube uh, keeps freezing up. So uh, I've been dealing with that. And uh, you don't think about those things. But when you're um, underground and it's, you know, 16 degrees for several days, you're going to struggle with that. Oh, yeah. You're feeling it, feeling it out there. So, all right, let's get right into it. We got a lot of things to cover today. Um, Happy January. Uh, The numbers, Terry, uh, what a week. Um, I know we want to hear like mortgage stuff in that. We're going to talk about how many applications, all this stuff like that. But this time last year, people want me to compare more. They're like, Darren, we want to know where we were a year ago of every program and stuff. I can do that. That's quick. I got all the data. Okay. Well, because it does put things in perspective a lot faster. And so last year, 316 homes were for sale today, a year ago. Today, it's 275. We can't break 300. And I was worried about 550 forever and ever, right? So 316 a year ago, and both those numbers, just to be very clear, include... New construction and resale. New construction. Yeah. Do you have the resale numbers? Yeah, resale last year, today, was 154. Today, it's 143. Okay, so about the same. Or if you want to skew the numbers, you can say that the resales are are about 7% lower. Yeah, yeah, and that's the whole thing. We're seeing lower, lower. New homes was 162. Right now, it's 132. Okay. Uh, median sale price today, the median is four twenty four nine. Last year it was three ninety eight. That's twenty six thousand dollars more. Wow. The average on a new build is five thirty four. That's the average price. The coming suits. Oh, this is what gets me. Last year at this time we had seventy two coming soons. Today we have thirty one. That's it. Thirty one boxes in the Amazon truck, Your Honor. That's it. That's it. This is what is the concern. Where, where, 31 coming soon, you know, the inventory. So, pending on the contract, 663. The solds in the last 30 days is 347. Okay. That number has decreased simply just because we just don't have the pipeline going right now. And, uh, and so, there you go. That's what's the numbers right now. So, when you and I were building up and finishing up 2021, we were talking about, you know, kind of what's what our predictions are. Both of us, our predictions were January 1, get ready because things are going to start flying on the market. Things are, you know, we're going to see the coming soons increase. We're going to see the listings increase. And, and, and we're not seeing that. I mean, do you feel it anywhere in what you're doing? Are you getting more calls? Because I'm getting more calls. I've got more people getting into the office to get pre-qualified and get, you know, get ready. I mean, I've got, um, you know, four people out today looking at houses that are going to write this weekend. So, so it's, it's the, the, the demand is there and it's increasing. Yeah. Yeah. The biggest thing we're seeing is the demand is there. The buyers are ready to go and then they're going, like, I just wrote an offer last night um, and, and the entire search criteria for her was, was like five homes, 
five. Okay. Yeah. So we just wrote an offer. We'll know hopefully it did air tomorrow. Better um, than three. Yeah, better than three. But it's just not the way you normally would think. And the cry is, where's all the new? Where are all the homes at? And they're, I don't know. I guess I hope they're coming. I mean, I've gotten, I got four or five. I'm getting ready to list here coming up. Uh, the one on Catholic Church Road for six seventy five. We just got an offer. We got two more possibly coming in today. Been on the market eight, nine, ten days, if that. And so the average in that price range has been, um, you know, has been pretty much consistent around 20 to 27 days. And so that's twice as fast as the norm. So it depends on what you have, where it is and all that. Um, Terry, I did have, I do want to answer it real quick. We had a caller last week, had uh, texted in and asked a question about like in the $800,000 range. Um, I really want you to give me a call because I want to, I want to talk a little bit more about this with you if we could. And at the end of the program, you know where my information is. Um, basically want to know about the appreciation. And last year in the $800,000 range, it was 7.7%. Across Frederick County. Now, that's in all areas, so that's about what it was. And so it's, you know, it's that's it's definitely... 50, that's about $50,000. Yeah, so that that's it. So that's it's good. like the average person makes, uh, what is it? I think it's about the average income per capita person in America is like 60000 or 55000 It's as if you could have bought the house and a year later sat on your couch and watched Jerry Springer and ate bonbons. And you basically would sell your house today for what you worked for, what you would have had to work as the average income as, say, fifty, fifty-five thousand a year or so like that. So um, it's pretty daunting. I mean, to me, it's just pretty unbelievable in general to think of these values. And so now in that price range, will we see almost 8% appreciation in the 800000 and above price range in Frederick County this year? Probably not. Right. I think if you do four, four and a half, which is half, half the appreciation – I think it's fantastic. That's still great. That's still yeah. that's still above the average norm in general. Anything above the average is roll over, go to bed, close your eyes. It's a good dream you're having. How's that? Not a bad dream. So those are the numbers as far as that. Terry, tell me, what are the loan types? And I, I do want to hit on this a little bit. What? And I know we have grant money coming out this uh, any minute now, the $7,500 and some other things. Um, and, and, and you're working with one of my buyers that I just met last week looking in the $600,000 range. Mm-hmm. They're very interested in all that kind of stuff like that. Um, what are you seeing as far as the loan types that buyers are being able to qualify and, and gravitate towards? And the reason why I'm asking this question is because um, another lender that um, I know that, that had shared with me this week, they're highly concerned about personal debt load. <laughs> These loan-to-value ratios, personal debt load, how much money people are starting to rack up with these $600-a-month car payments because they're going out and blowing forty grand on a car, yada, yada, yada. That's been happening more recently. Tell me what you're seeing in that re- regard. So the only refis that we're really seeing right now are people that missed the boat when the rates were lower, and they're taking cash out. To pay off debt. Okay. So we are starting to see that, and that is a concern to me. So just to give you an idea, is we look at debt-to-income ratio when qualifying somebody. And a debt-to-income ratio, you have two ratios. You have your front ratio, which is your new mortgage payment divided into your gross income. Yep. Gross is before taxes are taken That's all of it. Okay, so if my salary is sixty thousand dollars a year, my gross income is five thousand dollars a month, and 
the maximum that you can borrow in most scenarios is the maximum you can have is your total debt is 50% of that, which is $2,500. We see a lot of people that, so let's say, um, let's say $2,500. Let's say I want a mortgage for $1,500. Then I'm allowed $1,000 worth of debt, which would be car payments, student loans, things that you owe. If you have a country club membership or if you send your kids to a, a daycare or private school, whatever the case, those are choices. So you don't owe people that. So we don't count that against you. But yes, I have seen more people coming in with higher credit cards. New cars are very popular, obviously. Um, It's astounding. We had somebody that was uh, refinancing, and then uh, they came back in uh, 30 days later, and and they had a debt for $900 a month. Um, And it knocked them out of the refinance. So, yes, we are seeing that. Is it a concern? Yes. What concerns me is when you push yourself to the limit then it doesn't uh, – chances are you're going to, you know, put yourself into a bad situation down the road. So wow. So watching the debt ratio at 50%. This is what got I me this week. I asked that, Leonard. It's Steve Fennington, by the way. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, I, and, and one of the people, I said, what are you seeing? And he said, Darren, um, I got a buyer now. They're, they're, they're without the house payment into the debt value of whatever ratio. Just the debt percentage was like over 30%. That's tough. I I paused. I said, what? Not 3%, not 5 10, like 30%. And so I don't know. that This is the one thing I'm a little concerned about, guys, and this is what I would say to buyers. Look, um, wow, yeah, jobs are doing better, income's up to side. Stop, stop going into debt. Do not go into debt if you're looking to plan to buy a house under any circumstances. Don't go buy a car. Don't open accounts. Don't go into debt. And, and start living... Everybody should this way. Get your three to six months savings in the bank, no debt, but start start asking yourself, do I want it or do I need it? Because I'm telling you, this this is really something. Because when you add in the price of things and what, and and, and this is just not a positive direction economically. But as far as for in the housing world, with prices and mortgages being the highest they've ever been, the last thing you need to have is more debt load to start knocking you out of. We're maxing you out to these loan-to-value ratios or getting you in a position where now we're going to start seeing with interest rates higher. Buyers don't qualify for that $400,000 home no more. It's three seventy-five. It's three sixty. Are you starting to see more of that? The qualifying power re- being yeah. reduced? qualifying oh, power. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, but there's also situations where we increase the, you know, every time I look at somebody, I say, how can we... Uh, make this situation. I tell people, I said, I can get you the mortgage, but when I'm gone, you have to make the payments. Yep. And I don't want to put you in a position that, you know, you don't feel comfortable with, or I don't want to set you up to fail. So increasing somebody's buying power, the easiest thing to do is pay off debt. Okay. Easiest thing to do. What is it? So for every, for, for every, um, thousand dollars you borrow, it's about $4.50, okay? So if you want to increase your buying power, then you've got to pay off something, let's say a credit card that you have $25 a month minimum payment, you owe $500. Let's pay that off. What's that going to do? That's going to increase your 
buying power by $5,000. Really? I didn't know that. Wow. Yeah, there you go. That's a great that's, way of putting it right there. That's pretty simple, yep, right? Yep. So if you go out and buy a car for $300, that just decreased your buying power by $60,000. Jeez. Yeah. Do you, so, so when I explain that to people, they go, wow, oh. that makes sense. Yeah. That, yeah. So when you put it in those terms, it makes it a lot simpler for them to understand how important it is. The $25 a month credit card, people say, oh, well, 25 bucks is nothing. Okay. Well, it's $5,000 in qualifying power. Yeah, yeah. So that's kind of how I work with people, especially first-time home buyers. You know, uh, try to educate them and, and keep them from. And that's still a big segment of the segment of the market. It's over thirty three percent, right? Still, I mean, you're still seeing a, over a third of all buyers are still first time home buyers. Still seeing a lot. Yeah. And, you know, we've got the grant money coming up. Uh, that's released March seventh. That's going to be great. Um, Seventy five hundred dollars, ten thousand dollars if you're a first responder, if you're a community partner, teacher, um, work for a school system, whatever the case may be. That's yeah. coming back. So. Good stuff, good stuff. All right, I'm going to hit a hot topic here, Terry. This is something that, oh, we are, we are, there is a lot of misunderstanding about this out there. Okay. And as the prices go higher and the market continues the way it is, this is something that we're, you know, seeing more of. Let's talk about appraisals. <laughs> this is when the value just doesn't quite come in at where the buyers are willing to pay. Uh, all right, eleven um, percent, approximately about eleven percent of all homes across America are having a, under appraisal. They're having appraisal issues, and that means obviously the buyer and seller agree to say four hundred thousand dollars. The buyer does their appraisal. The appraisal comes in at three ninety, and then oh crap, what do we do? Mm-hmm. Sellers are mad. They're flipping out. Buyers are happy because they think, oh, well, we get the house for three ninety. Not so fast. Let's talk about this. This is what we're seeing 11% of the time, and here's why it's an issue. We first need to talk about how an appraisal addendum works, okay? okay? Having this in the contract of sale or not having it in the sale. And, and let me be clear here. Anybody that's listening that's thinking about putting an offer in on a house, there's a very good chance that the winning contract, and this is my opinion, that the winning contract will have some sort of appraisal addendum some sort of waived appraisal or partially waived appraisal and that's what we're going to talk about am i right there oh yeah this is uh, most of the ones that are going to win oh yeah because everybody thinks well, we'll just go up in price 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 that's a big factor um throwing out the uh home inspection i got the one i got the one that came in on catholic road they they there's no home inspect on this offer it's an fha loan okay it's an fha loan all right. We don't see a lot of those. No. Okay. Um, but they threw out no home no home inspection, as is no inspections. Okay. Now, obviously, the thing I explained to my sellers is, well, FHA is going to require, with the loan, <laughs> right? they're going to require an appraisal, and the appraiser is going to do, like, a safety inspection, broken glass, handrail issues, you name it, whatever, under those guidelines. Mold, and that has to be fine. But yeah, so there's none of those. Roof. But now we get right, yeah, and that's all fine. But here's where it is: this thing's on well and septic. So, <laughs> gotta pass water inspection and well and septic inspection. So why haven't a what? There you go. But that's on the buyer. They have to pay for that, and that has to happen no matter what. And that's so that's one of those where all right. But let's talk about the appraisal thing. Now that's in there, 
as a lender, you know, as different loan types, if anybody's doing a loan, you got to have an appraiser, right, Terry? Yes. All right. They got, unless you're doing cash and I'm doing one that's over a million dollars and I said, pay the money, you're my buyer, I'm representing you and you need to do an appraisal. It's a thousand bucks or more. And guess what? You're doing it because the last thing you want to do is not be thinking, uh, did I overpay for something or whatever? Now, in this scenario, an appraisal addendum can be a USDA FHA conventional. There's an appraisal addendum that matches within these, and how it works is this. In the offer of sale, the buyer who is getting the loan type is typically going to put this in as a contingency. So people say, well, what the heck does that contingency mean? Like, why is it in there? What? This says that if the property appraisal value comes in under the agreed terms and conditions with the sale price that the buyer and seller agree to, here's what can happen. The buyer must submit the appraiser to the seller. So first thing that happens is, oh, no, we've got an appraisal issue. Great. Send it over. As the lender, you obviously send it to the buyer's agent, right? The buyer paid for it. They own it. Mm -hmm. It goes to the buyer, but it comes typically through. The buyer agent sees it. The buyer sees it. Everybody now on that side sees it, right? Mm -hmm. All right. They're happy. They go, oh, it's in appraisal. And the, for, there's a time frame. And, the, and so they send it over, and I get the notice, which has happened. You know, and this, the, as a listing agent, I get that dreadful call that says, ah, uh, we got an appraisal issue. All right. Is it conditional or is it the value? It's the value. All right. Well, they send it over. That's the buyer agent's due diligence to represent their buyer is in the terms of the contract. Normally, I put in three days, three days to review it, check it out, see if you want to pay. What do you want to do? Does it make sense? Is there, you know, they send it on over and the seller has a couple of things that he could do. Three things the seller can do in this scenario. They can elect to reduce the value to the appraised amount and just move forward to a closing. So they can just say, oh, okay, it's, I don't like it. This sucks, but it is what it is. I'll, we'll, all parties agree to lower and reduce the price to the appraised value, and we now move forward. Okay. That happens nine out of ten times. Here's what doesn't happen 10% of the time. The seller can refuse to reduce the value and say, no, 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 no. Um, Mr. Buyer, we would like you to uh, bring cash to make up the difference between what you are willing to pay us for the home versus what the appraised value comes in at. Okay. So they respond back and say, no, we, we want you to bring the cash. Yes. All right. Um, are there times when the buyers do it? Yeah, because they want the house. They haven't found something else. They know the market's going up. I want the house. I got the cash. I got the means. I can perform. We're good. Yes, fine, whatever. Um, the third option is the seller can say that now they, they, the seller can say, you know what? I'm not selling my house for that low amount. I'm not going to do it. I, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to agree to the buyers, whatever you want to try and negotiate on it. You either, you either pay this amount or I'm not going to sell you the house. And they can elect to keep their home. Buyer gets their deposit back. They can go away, go find something else. Everybody's happy if that's what you all want to do. The contract becomes null and void. There it is. Line. Becomes null and void based on we can't come to a final agreement with this. Okay. So what can the buyers do? That's on the seller side. On the buyer side, buyers can bring the difference, as we said, to money and just move on. Because you as a lender are only going to give how much money. So first of all, they can also, one of the options is they can split the difference well, that comes or, in the negotiating. In yeah. the negotiating. But so so when, when... And that does happen. We split, yeah. you know, it's it's a $10,000 thing. Buyers bring five grand. Sellers come down five. Everybody's happy. But on a lending side, Terry, 
You can only lend how much money? So I'm going to run a scenario here okay. and basically try to explain it as simply as possible. Am I being too complex? No, okay. no, no. But this will hopefully clarify basically how it looks. So you come to me and you say, um, you're my borrower. And you say, Terry, I want to buy this house. Um, I've got 10% to put down and the sales price is $500,000. And I say, okay, so you've got $50,000 approximately or more. And you say, yeah, I can do $50,000 down. Fall in love with this house and you say, okay, we're going to escalate up to $530,000. And we're going to escalate and basically they escalate, they win, they have a contract at $530,000. The appraiser goes out and guess what? The house is only worth $500,000. Yep. So that's the question that I have to deal with a lot, okay? <laughs> Sorry. And this is basically how it works. So, um, Darren, you're qualified to do as little as 5% down payment on a conventional loan. You are willing to do 10%. So let's take a look at the numbers. You're buying this house for $500,000, or you're buying this house for $530,000, and it only appraised at $500,000. So we can lend you up to 95% of the appraised value or the sales price, whichever is the lower of the two. Yeah. In this case, the lower of the two is the appraised value. So we can do a $500,000 loan times 95%. You're looking at the maximum we can do is a $475,000 loan for you. You're going to pay five thirty. So you have to come up with the $25,000 yep. for your 5% down plus the additional Thirty thousand dollars to get to that four seventy five. Are you okay with that? And that's what the decision has to be. So before you said, "Well, I can do ten percent down on five hundred thousand, so that's fifty thousand." Now I'm telling you, not asking you, but I'm telling you, if you want to proceed at four thirty, you've got to bring fifty five thousand dollars, which is the thirty thousand dollars. Yeah, five thirty. Yeah, five thirty. Five thirty appraisal mm-hmm. or non appraisal, no. five thirty sales price. Yep. And then ninety five percent of the appraised value. So that's gonna be fifty five thousand that you're gonna to have to bring to the table. So Did what the I... buyers are doing is they're changing the loan type. They're t- I mean the amount that they're doing, they're putting down. They can change that in the contract. Yeah. So technically the amount that they're putting down is usually pretty close. Yep. But the loan to value, which determines what your rate is, okay. And then most importantly it determines determines what your mortgage insurance is going to be. And the big thing, Terry, is I've, I know that that's a scenario. You're right. You can change some of the learn, loan terms and conditions, but the seller has to agree to that. The buyer, it, it works in the favor if this is able to be doable, but the seller has already agreed to a certain amount down, all those kind of things, especially in a multiple offer situation with more down, it's a stronger offer and all those things like that. But but at the end of the day, yes, I, I get it that, yes, but that can be a sticky point. I've had that come up on mm-hmm. me. And I've said to the seller, hey, look, guys, because what they start to go is, wait a second. If they put down less or they change this loan type or do this and that, how's that negatively going to affect me? 
That's the seller's, you know, is this going to, is this not maybe going to work now because of this or not? Speak into that from a lender side. From a lender side is it really doesn't matter. My brother-in-law who's been, he lives in Maine, uh, uh, Blair Einstein, uh, he's still selling real estate and he's 86 years old. Nice. And he's been selling it forever. And he said to me one time years ago, he said that the one thing that sellers have to ask themselves is, is it going to settle? Yeah. And am I going to get my money that I expected to get? Bam. That's our job. So I'm going to say, and, and I tell people that. Yeah, I it's going to yeah. work. I, I, I say that the question you have to ask is, is it going to work? And are you going to get the money that you expected you were going to get? And if you can answer yes to those two points. Yeah then they shouldn't care what the loan program is, okay? Right. That's what I and, try to do, too, a little bit. Yep. And that's what I try to explain. Mm-hmm. And basically, in this situation, they're getting 530. We're just we're just calculating a little differently. The loan's going to work. Yep. So, a little detour in the road. It's not like you're not going to get to the destination, but it does bring a little bit of a, uh-oh, what's going on with the buyer? Well, and a lot of times when something, uh, you know... Um, Anxiety brings anx- breeds anxiety. Yep. Fear breeds fear. You've heard me say it a million times on the show. And when an appraisal comes in, try to keep it calm. Try to keep it, okay, here's the, the game plan. Here are the solutions. And that's what I do is when I have a, a challenge, I don't call them problems. I call them challenges. When I have a challenge, I figure out what the answers are, are and then I address the challenge. So whoever needs to be involved, I'll get involved and say, okay, We've got a appraisal at 500, sales price at 530. This is how we're going to do it, and everybody's going to be fine. Is that okay? Yes. Let's there you go. There you go. The other thing I get sometimes uh, is if it goes sideways and they don't come to an agreement, now what happens to that appraisal? Well, if it's a VA, correct me if I'm wrong, if it's a VA or FHA loan, that sticks and has a case number attached to it, and that is good for how long? Six months. Six months. So guess what, Mr. Seller? You can't accept an FHA or VA loan at a lower amount if you decide to keep your home for a while or try to sell for more to somebody else. Not we now are dependent on a cash or conventional loan at that point only. And, and, and just to be clear, if somebody waives their appraisal right on an FHA loan, and the appraisal comes in at five hundred, and the sales price was five thirty, mm-hmm. same scenario, right? And the seller says, "Well, no, I'm not going to sell it at five thirty, but I'm going to." But since you did a, not an appraisal waiver, I'm going to basically keep your deposit. Well, FHA has a clause in there that if the people don't qualify and it doesn't appraise, you can't keep their deposit no exactly. matter what. Exactly. The seller can't keep it. And it is hard. You're right. Even with an even within a um, – unless it's cash, even with an appraisal addendum that's not in contention, it's thrown out, if you will. And we're seeing those. It's still a little tricky to get your deposit. It, it becomes crazy. We got two minutes, Terry. We got to talk about this one. The underappraisal addendum. The difference of that is this. Mr. and Mrs. Seller, we're doing an appraisal. We're doing a content. But we have this neat little thing called an underappraisal addendum, which means the buyer on the front end of the loan is already committing to bring XYZ amount of money. I just did one this morning before we came in the studio. Okay. We're bringing five, we're willing to go $5,000 above an appraisal valuation issue to make our offer stronger. 
Okay. okay. So let's take the same scenario that I had at five hundred thousand dollar list price. Okay. Your buyers come in at five thirty, right? Mm -hmm. They say we'll pay five thirty for this, as long as it appraises. And if it doesn't appraise for five thirty, we're going to say uh, we'll pay the difference between the appraised value and five hundred and twenty-five thousand. Is that how that would work? Yeah. So they're bringing 5, the extra. The big thing for you as a lender is we need to know a proof. Does the buyer have the cash above their closing costs and down payment amount to be able to bring the extra cash to settlement? This is where the problem is lying right now because now they're like, wait a minute. Oh, no. Um, hmm. We can't perform. You're going to lose your deposit because you're on the front. You've committed that. you the, the buyer, I should say, the buyer potentially could lose it. Depending on the other verbiage and contract and terms and conditions, and I'm not a lawyer, but this is where I go – you need to seek legal counsel because you had already committed on the front end. This is what made your offer more competitive in the eyes of the seller by you already being willing to commit X, Y, Z cash. And you can't show up and say, well, oh, I don't want to pay more now. I don't have it or whatever excuse. No, you're breaking contracts. This is very serious business. Terry, the reason why I'm bringing this up is because we are going to have a we're already having issues with this. And um, I know that you double check, but I'm going to say this. Do all lenders verify how much cash liquid on hand a sell a buyer can get their hands on to to be able to perform in the event? Do you see as a lender, we got 20 seconds. Terry, as a lender, do you see these under appraisal addendums and go, uh-oh, uh-oh, I better double check this? You, yeah, you, as a lender, you've got to read that contract and yeah. see what's going on. There you and go. And you've got to check. All right. Thanks for listening, guys, to your Frank Real Estate Update. We will see you Saturday. Terry and I are here to help you out, and you take care now. Looking to purchase a home or refinance your existing mortgage? If so, Lawyer Signature Settlements is here to assist you with that process. Lawyer Signature Settlements is a local attorney-owned title company with over 100 years of combined experience conveniently located in Frederick, Maryland. We are licensed to conduct closings in the states of Maryland, Pennsylvania, Virginia, and West Virginia. With two attorneys on staff here at Lawyer Signature Settlements, we ensure the most thorough review process paired with affordable rates, accommodating scheduling, and outstanding customer service. So next time you need to place your signature on closing documents, call Lawyer Signature Settlements at 301-695-1235 or visit us on the web at www.signaturesettlements.com. We hope to see you at the closing table. Hello, this is Terry Kernan with Presidential Bank Mortgage in downtown Frederick. And the best way to reach me always is on my cell phone at 301-639-9244. 301-639-9244, or you can always email me at tkernan at presidential.com. And this is Darren Ahern from REMAX Results. You can reach me anytime, 240-344-1713. Again, it's 240-344-1713 or at darrenahern at gmail.com. Thanks so much for tuning in to your Frederick Real Estate Update. We will see you each and every Saturday right here on WFMD at 11 o'clock.